Welcome to Caffeinated Living. We are a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle. And I'm Rob. And Dustin is not here this week. No so Dustin. No, no Dustin. We got somebody to fill a seat, though. We do. We do. So we have a special guest for us this week. So, Mr. Ed Braswell. So, Ed, how's it going? Going pretty well. Glad to be here. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're filling some big shoes this week with Dustin not here, so... No, Probably about really. size 13. So I got some pretty small feet. So. <laughs> so everybody doing good this week? Yeah, man. It's been it's Tuesday, and it's already been a week, it feels like. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we had graduation Sunday this past Sunday, so it was just... I know, so how'd it go? It was, I mean, it was good. It's just so much that you... Because I, I preached. I had to make sure youth band was ready to go. I had to get all the graduation gifts. And I always have two or three graduates... Day before, hey, I'm graduating. Mm-hmm. Can you make sure that I'm recognized? I'm like, are you nope. even going to be there? Nope. Sorry. So. You don't get a treat bag. You're not here. <laughs> yeah. But it was good other than that, man. So how'd your sermon go? I, I, I'm not ever going to judge my sermon, so I, know, I don't know. I know, but because you're, you're – okay, so you have to explain it to have what you're explaining to me. You're, you're talking about the four chairs. Yeah, you ever heard of the four chairs illustration? <laughs> I don't think no. so. Yeah, yeah, I think it went well. I mean, it's it's one of those things you, you really, if you're gonna do it, you have to do it without notes. So I know that would stress you out. So I felt good about that yeah, part. No, that's not happening. You're yeah. not your notes guy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like twelve page notes guy. No kidding. Not twelve pages. Yeah. I'm just the type of guy that I have to write every out. word. So it's scripted. I type out my sermon. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say it's scripted, but it's like. In case there's every word there for him. <laughs> okay. Where, like, I'll write, like, one or two words down remind myself. So how, how often, like, how, how, how many times do you go through it before you actually preach it? Quite a few times? That day. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the sermon. Okay. Um, if it's one that I'm not comfortable with, there have been times I have read it straight off my ipad right but then there are other times if i'm more relaxed with it it's it's a lot easier but there's a huge difference from preaching on a sunday morning and then teaching youth on sunday night but why sure. is that though like why why do we go from that kind of like stress level to oh it's just youth yeah I, I, i've always thought that i've had the same thought yeah you'll you'll spend hours prepping for a sermon and then uh well because the way i teach youth it's there has to be feedback with it. Right. Okay. I'm a Q&A type guy. So you're getting that. But you can't really do that on a Sunday morning service when, you know, everybody's out there. I you try can, to, but you'd be surprised well, what you hear back. <laughs> well, no, I do try to do that. And then I'll sit here and I'll get one or two saying, I'm like, okay, y'all, if this sermon is going to work today, outside of the Holy Spirit, y'all need to participate. This Holy Spirit's calling you to obedience to participate. That's what you need to do. Right. So sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But Yeah. Um, Kyle amazes me in the sense that his brain operates on a whole nother level. So his sermon points, he'll have like bullet points. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Mm-mm. that that would stress me out to no end. I couldn't handle it. So are you a notes guy? Uh, Probably similar to you. I've, I've got an outline. Yeah. Um, and thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I think what, what I really like to do is like if I'm working through a passage of Scripture – like if I kind of study through those, th- so actually the text will actually kind of right. be my notes. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, yeah. I just said I reckon. 
That's all right. You can edit that out, right? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. people, people know we're a Southern podcast. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. But I guess we should start out by saying, like, we didn't we introduce your name, but... We didn't introduce where he's yeah, from, what I mean, he does, or anything, so... So, yeah. Ed Braswell, where are you from, man? So, I just ran into these guys down at the... <laughs> At the cafe down, down the street. Seven Eleven, like you know, I've uh, uh, working with students and uh, other responsibilities. You know how that goes. Yeah. Students uh, over at Woodlawn Baptist Church. I've been there for be nine years in June. That's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, context with this for those of y'all that listening. I was interning at Woodlawn before Ed got there, yeah. and I remember one of the first meetings before Ed was hired. We were eating Chick Fil A. You remember this? I we were in Gastonia. Jeff Moore was there. I was there. Spencer was What's there. What's the distance with him? Huh? <laughs> the distance? Jeff Moore in the distance, man. I have no idea what Sorry. I got you. <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, I remember that meeting because I was like, man, I got to get a feel for this guy. Because, uh, yeah, and then I guess technically I was your intern for a little bit and then went back to school. So, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's been nine years. That was a, that was a good summer, man. That's when I got to meet you and Spencer. and Yeah. Uh, we, we were actually talking about that the other day. Um we have a couple of teenagers that are still around, hanging around. Well, they're not teenagers anymore. Yeah. Brittany Weaver mm-hmm. um, and uh, Aaron. We were talking about the uh, VBS that y'all did that with VBS. <laughs> and I was I was reminding them of the story of uh, that kid that drank that entire cheer wine and then yeah. went and threw every bit of it up in the room behind us. Yep, yep. I've heard that story. I've told that story all on this over podcast. the walls. I've heard that it was story. Awesome. I've never done that again. <laughs> no. It's why? One of the, I can imagine why. You learn in youth <laughs> ministry very early on, and you just never go back to yeah. it. Because the funny part of that story is like the kid drank all that soda, and then his prize was a bunch of candy, and <laughs> just eats the candy and just throws up everywhere. I didn't know the candy part. I yeah. just remember. I just remember it was all over the walls and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Okay, that's that's how we started this episode out. There you go. But so if we have already lost you, yeah. we apologize. Yeah. But total years of ministry. How long have you been in the ministry? Um, I started. So my my youth pastor. I, I got called in the ministry when I was sixteen. Okay. Uh, my youth pastor began. I mean, he was already discipling me, but yeah. at that point, the discipling became a little different. Uh, he he kind of let me come alongside of him and teach and help. Right. Um, and that was. So I would say maybe ninety four. Okay. Ish is when, and that was I was eighteen then. Is when he really let me help out some. So, in one capacity or another, probably since ninety four or ninety five. I think the first church I worked in was the summer of ninety five, and I was just an intern yeah. there. Um, so, I don't know how many years that is. Twenty five, twenty six, twenty five, twenty five years. More than that. So, how old are you? Just I turned forty five this week. How old are you? Forty five. So you're all the same age. Cool. All right. All right. So Rob's no so, longer so, the old guy on here. You guys are. Even. No, he's. I just I'm turned st- 45. I'm still the old guy. I'm still the old still guy. The old technically. Guy. Yeah. So. Yes. So Ed, that means you graduated '94. Yep. East Gaston. You? Oh, East Gaston. Yes, sir. Uh-oh. I was three years old. <laughs> Shout out. '91. <laughs> My brother was born in '94. Yeah. I mean. Nine years, is that your longest tenure at a church? Mm-hmm. It is. And that's yeah. huge. That's We always talk about how easily, and I mean, even myself, I've never been at a church longer than five years. So, I mean, just think about nine years, man. What a testament. I'm sure there's been ups. I'm sure there's been downs. But, man, yeah, yeah, you're still seeing fruits from it. There's yeah. probably days that it seems like 12 years. There's probably been days it seems like one year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, um, and I'm sure you guys can probably um, attest to this, the times in ministry where I like get the most um, inspiration or just am, am reinvigorated like this week was really, this, this weekend was, um, it was a long weekend. Man, I was worn out after the weekend. Uh, 45 feels a lot different than 25. Um, so I was exhausted after <laughs> D-Now this weekend. But man, just being around the kids all weekend was pretty awesome. It definitely does reinvigorate you. Like you're just thinking like, man, I'm so done. I'm so tired. Like I just, and then all of a sudden you have an amazing, not just event, but just a spiritual moment with your students. And you're just like, this is exactly why I'm doing this. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Easily gives you, I don't know. I'll I'll ask you, but we'll we'll touch on it later. Because I want you to give a little bit more of, you know, places you've served at, experiences, things like that. 45 versus 25. How long does it take you to recover from events now? <laughs> well, it, it takes me a while. Like, um, let's see, Sunday afternoon, we, we just voted in a new pastor, right? Sunday afternoon, we had, uh, after we voted him in, we went and had a lunch afterwards. We got to hang out with the family and that kind of stuff. And I enjoyed that. But all I was thinking was, man, I got to get home. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm so tired. Uh and I think there are things that you learn along the way. Like I don't know how long it's been since you've done a lock-in, but dude, I don't do lock-ins anymore. We we did we actually just did one over uh, New Year's. No course. sir, I've no, never sir. I've never done one ever. I I, I think that people are, are on polar opposites. Some people love them, and other people are like lock-ins right. are from the devil. Right. And I'm on that end. You know, I think they're from the devil. I hate lock-ins. Uh, I've always been scared of them. Just too much wrong can happen. <laughs> yeah, that freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Kyle, Kyle thinks I'm one of these weird people that, after long events, like I, I don't know, my recovery time doesn't. Dude, this guy will go to summer camp, okay, and not go to a summer camp, do his own summer camp, right? Every detail of it, and then goes on a Disney trip, like, which is even more tiresome. Like I could understand going on vacation, but like. Oh man, he he stresses me out. His summers and, and his plans for the summer just—I don't know how he does it. He's a machine. It's caffeine, but, I guess. I guess, yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of caffeinated podcasts, and we don't have any coffee here. Yeah, I know, right? I've been saying for the longest time we need to do this show early in the morning when the coffee is flowing, and that's the only thing in your bloodstream—like just straight caffeine. <laughs> I mean, I can let you and Kyle talk. I can easily go boil a pot of coffee right now that will that yeah. well, that will not affect me one bit what whatsoever are you a coffee drinker dude absolutely yeah yeah i in fact it's it's about 40 minutes past my <laughs> afternoon coffee <laughs> yeah <laughs> you and robert on the same wavelength there <laughs> yeah. yeah if you walk downstairs right now i bet our pastor's probably got a pot brewing a little bit uh-huh late afternoon he'll, yes, he'll start brewing him a pot down there Mm. It's my internal clock. About two o'clock, I start thinking it's. But does it's the caffeine time. kick in on you? Do you do you find no. yourself staying up? I like, have found that out since I've gotten older too. There, there are certain types of coffees I can't drink after about four o'clock in the afternoon, which is terrible. So far, it still doesn't bother me. I don't doubt that machine. It, <laughs> I don't know, but like, if I drink a soft drink anymore, because I've tried to wean myself back from them here lately. But if I drink a soft drink like past a certain time. Man, I'll have heartburn all night. Sugar, I mean, and sodium. and I guess, but I can yeah. drink coffee 6 o'clock at night, and it won't bother me. Yeah. 
But how do you drink your coffee, Ed? Black. Boom. Yeah. So, we, we, Kyle researched that. There, there's a theory out there that people who drink black coffee are pretty much associated with psychopaths. They, they have the same mental, right? mental capacity as a serial killer. Which... <laughs> the podcast just took a whole another turn there right go. there. So, anyway, we'll quit delaying. So, yeah, Ed, tell us a little bit more about just years experience, th- things you've enjoyed doing in ministry, things that you would do over again if it weren't for ministry. I mean, just whatever you want to share with us here if real it, quick. Things I would do over again if it weren't for ministry. Well, like, I didn't I'm going to ask right. you that later. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, just start off a little bit, like, I know you said you felt called to ministry at 18. Mm-hmm. So where, where's the Lord taking you since then? Well, um, so I've been, yeah, I've been doing student ministry for a long time. Uh, in fact, I knew, um, I, I had a really, really cool encounter with God, I feel like, when I was in school. And um, so I, I remember I was working on a term paper one night. I'd been in school. I, it may have been my first or second semester in school. And, uh, I had been caught. It probably been a couple of years since I was caught into ministry. I, this was um, this wasn't community college. This was uh, I was at Southeastern for a while. Um, I told you earlier that I, I wasn't a good student in high school. I wasn't a good student in community college either. I it took me four years to get through two years of school in community college. It was terrible. Amen, but, brother. I'm right um, there with you. So I'm sitting there working on a term paper at school one night, and uh, it's one of those moments in my life that it probably wasn't audible. But it wasn't far from it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I and and so I'm working on this paper, and uh, God just out of nowhere it says, "Ed, what are you going to do if if I don't call you into student ministry?" Hmm. And I so I remember that like it was like we had a conversation, like I was arguing, like God, you did call me into student ministry, remember? And, and it was like, no, I called you into ministry. What are you going to do if it's not student ministry? I'd never even considered that. Wow. Um, and then I finally got. I don't know how long this conversation went on. It felt like it went on for a long time. And I finally got to the point where it was like, okay, God, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. that's fine. And uh, I'll do it. It ended up being student ministry. Um, but uh, And then years later, you know, fast forward to now, I've been doing student ministry for 20-plus years, and I've loved it. Um, mid-40s now, uh, I'm in school uh, studying some other things. And, um, you know, now I'm beginning to wonder – is student ministry where I'm called the rest of my life, yeah. or is it just ministry, whatever that looks like? And uh, so that's kind of where I am now. I'm, I'm serving in student ministry. I love working with teenagers. I can't – on some days I can't imagine myself doing anything different. On other days, you know, I would love to, to work in the education ministry of the church and discipleship programs and that kind of stuff. But we get to do all that in student ministry right. anyway, right? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. If you're doing it right. That's right. That's right. And so uh, this is the fourth church I've been in. Uh, again, definitely my longest tenure by three times. I, the longest I've been in a church has been just over three years. And so um, I'm here and working i guess be working on 10 years pretty soon wow that's pretty exciting and my my kids have roots here now which is good yeah so it's almost you couldn't see yourself going somewhere else or doing other things at at the moment just at the moment like because your kids are rooted here you know you have roots here now that's right and that's you know that's five years you have roots in the place yeah absolutely and then and you guys I think probably one of the things that's common in ministry is every now, you know, every few years you might have somebody say, Hey, won't you come 
out here and why don't you do this yeah. or why don't you come serve over here and uh, we've even had that recently and uh man my kids that's a whole different story than when they're two or three years old you know they're 17 and 15 now and got really good friends and so that's a big factor in yeah. it's one of those one of those things now in my life i feel like you know, God's going to have to just slap me upside the head and, and right. grab me by the back of my neck and say, this is where we're going. If it's not that clear, I'm staying here, <laughs> you know. You're, you're there till I get rid of you, basically. That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. So what, what do you love? Nine years. Let's talk currently about this church. So nine years. What's one of your biggest memories? Oh my goodness! Um, I would have to say probably, probably camps and and mission trips. And I don't know if that's exactly what you're looking for, no. but uh, we take our students to. We've taken them to uh, pretty much the same camp since I've been here. We haven't we haven't in the last couple of years because of COVID, but um, and I uh, love camp. Absolutely love camp. We go to a camp up in Tennessee, and uh, it's a I guess, relatively speaking, it's small, 400 people. Um, and it's it's a group of churches that go, and, and we all know each other pretty well. I, you know, all the leaders know each other. The kids build relationships with yeah. other kids, and that's been really cool to watch. And so they keep in touch, you know, in ways that we never could when I was a teenager. Right. Um, mission trips to Honduras, we've taken a couple of those and absolutely love those. And, and, and But I think probably my favorite times ever are fall retreats. Hmm. <laughs> That's my favorite thing ever to do is fall retreats because uh, we go and it's just our group. Uh, sometimes we might go with another group, but most of the time it's just our group. So we really get to connect with our kids. Um, it's on a it's on a different level, intensity level than some of the yeah. other things. It's not planned out the same. There's a lot more time to just uh, be together and, you know, schedules a lot more flexible. And so that's really conducive, I think, to to building relationships. And yeah. So I, I love our fall retreats. That's why I've been so disappointed the last two years we haven't been able to do them, or at least not away. So, so are you doing camp this summer? So this summer, um, you know, all a lot of the a lot of the stuff has been lifted yeah, yeah. already. But um, in uh, when we would have had to make the decision, yeah, uh, nothing had been, and so the restrictions were so tight where we go that it would have been almost impossible right. for us to mm-hmm. do a camp. So I gotcha. we're doing it here. So yeah. with our leaders, we're, we're planning a camp here this week. Uh, not this week. At our, we're planning a week of camp uh, here this year, and we're and we're going to try to do it really big. I mean, since they can't go, we're yeah. going to try to blow their socks off with the things that we do around here. So there you go. Yeah. But we are doing fall retreat. Sweet. I'm already making the call. So, so are, are you going to do? Are you doing a staycation? No, no, we are. That, that, that's um, apparently the new a new phrase that's the last couple of years that. No, man. churches that don't go to camp they call them staycations. Oh, oh I thought you were talking about me personally. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. No, no. In that respect, like, yeah, we're doing a a staycation. I guess. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've never heard that, and I was like, "You're doing a what?" And they're like, "It's a staycation. We're not going to camp, but we're going to do our own camp." I was like, "Okay." You know, in the, in the I was at a church in Florida, and we were about to go to camp. We we were uh, I think it was like a, we were leaving on a Sunday or a Monday, and um, it's a whole different discussion. I, my time in Florida was where it was so hard; it was terrible. Um, but uh, the pastor came up. I, I took Friday, Thursday, and Friday off the week before, and I'd let the pastor know already. Well, he he laid into one of the other staff members 
you know, why is Ed taking today off? Uh, he said, well, he, he told me he let you know. And he said, well, that's not the way we do things around here. Doesn't he know he's going to be out of town all next week? He needs to be in the office this week. Mm. We're going to the beach with our teenagers. And as y'all know, that's not yeah. much of a vacation. That's not a vacation. <laughs> Seriously? He really said you're going to be off all next week? 100%. So. That's exactly what he said. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, I know people like that too. Yeah. yeah. So going from that, just what you just mentioned, what's something – Maybe in ministry you had to learn the hard way. Like if you, like you've learned the hard way that you know without a doubt, kind of like chugging a cheer wine with a student, you'll you'll never do again. Yeah. Or something that you've just come across along the way. You're just like, yep, red flag up immediately. Um, I, you know, I think one of the one of the, I think probably one of the most difficult lessons I've learned in student ministry, or not just student ministry. Right. I mean, in student ministry, but the church as well, is that. Um, church people can be really, really hard to deal with, Yeah, you know? And I think, I think that's one of the things that that's kind of blindsided me the most. And, mm. you know, the longer you're in ministry, the more you expect it. And, um, but, but, and that probably sounded horrible. No, it, it did. did. But I was going to say, which sounds really sad. Yeah. Because we expect that. Yeah. You know, mm. it's like, but Lord, when you don't, first Lord in, don't judge us. Don't judge our hearts. But it's that's our human side. Yes, right. That's right. Like when you first, you know, like when I first got into ministry, man, I was thinking, you know, all these church people, they're going to be cheering me on, and they're going to be wanting to follow the Lord, and we're going to be the church, and be the church, and it's going to yeah. be beautiful. And then, and then you, you know, I heard somebody say this the other day, and I don't even remember where it was. I heard it, but I, I related to it. You know how when your phone rings and it's a church member. My first instinct most of the time is not, hey, I'm great. I'm glad they're calling. It's what are they going to complain about? You know? <laughs> yeah. And what bad news are they going to tell? Exactly. Because yeah. that's what you get most of the time. But uh, I think that's one of the things. But to be fair, if I'm being honest, dude, I'm the same way. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I have to constantly remind myself of, you know, all the stupid things they're doing. I, I do stupid things too my, right. in my own way. Um, but I think it's probably one of the things I'm. Had to that's been the most difficult, and then when it happens on staff, mm. and it's mm. your staff that you're having conflict with, and yeah, that's that's really difficult too. Mm. I think that 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 blindsided me. Yeah. yeah. So is this the the church you're currently at? Is this the largest church you've been on as far as staff? Well, yeah. Uh, when we first when I first got here, we had like. I don't remember seven, a lot. Yeah. seven staff members, and yeah. that, that's not like the office. It's ministry. Yeah, yeah, that's ministry staff. I think it was around seven. We're yeah. down to down to three now, and we'll probably start doing a little bit of hiring once this new pastor comes in. Um, but yeah, it, it, it staff wise, it was when I got here. When I came, the one in Florida, I think we had five, maybe five staff members, okay. pastoral staff members. Yeah, so, I think when you came at Woodlawn, there was like seven staff members. Yeah. And it was a little heavy for this for Woodlawn. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like Woodlawn has, you know, a thousand attendees. So seven staff members is a little heavy, but um Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think well we had Pastor Terry on staff here, so I think that's the largest church I've served in that's had staff, if we count our secretary and our custodian. Right. So we have what, four? Five, five including me. Okay. So I was like, that's not really large, but for a church our size, I mean, that's that's huge almost. There's something beautiful, though, about being in smaller churches. I've, oh, definitely. 
I, I miss that. The, the Woodlawn in right. in Lowell was a smaller church, and man, I loved it. I loved serving there. I did. Even if you have some of the crazy people that <laughs> were going there, say. So. <laughs> They're everywhere, man. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. They are. But I can say crazy because they know who I'm talking That's about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's um? How do you transition or how do you move past what you're talking about in Florida? How do you move past the the pain and the difficulty? moving forward to another church. Right. Well, I actually had this conversation yesterday um, with someone uh, because that's been, that's been about 13 years ago. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been, a, it's been a while, um, you know, and it, it still comes up to in my mind. And uh, I, I'm to the point now where like, I don't get angry when I think about it anymore. I was, mm-hmm. I, I was that way for a long time. I was, I was hurt. I was angry. Um, I was uh, what I was talking with about some somebody about it yesterday was it was one of those situations in my life where um, it, it's one of those things you know we all have things that happen to us and sometimes the the things that we have happen to us are our fault mm. and so we mm-hmm. suffer for our because we make you know, we sinful make choices yeah, yeah. Um, this was not one of those situations it was something that was and it wasn't just me it was it, it was the rest of the tr- staff had been treated this way by the senior pastor as well but. Um, but I didn't make any it any better. Like it wasn't my fault that it was happening, but I certainly didn't respond in a godly way. There were all kinds of stuff inside of me that I didn't know it was there. Man, I was I was angry. I was telling this person yesterday that um, I would not be wrong or exaggerating to say that I hated this person. I did, mm-hmm. man. I, you know, I told him if he walked out in the street and got hit by a bus, inside, outside, I would probably be like, oh no, that's our pastor. On the inside, I would, yeah, you know, fist pumping. Um, and it took me a while. It took me a long time because, you know, my family was mistreated. I was mistreated and, and all this kind of stuff. And um, so I just had a lot of bitterness and a lot of anger inside of me. And even some of that anger was was directed towards God. You know, like um, it was it was uh, there were times where I was questioning, God, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, why are you not dealing with this? already so it was it was almost like i was saying god you're not handling this the way that i would handle it and the way i would handle it's better than what you're doing um and so uh, i had to get past a lot of that stuff and i was probably gone from that church i would say a good two years before i really began to um just say god i'm i'm sorry i know Mm -hmm. i was so wrong Mm -hmm. yeah um and uh you know really really just repent um ask for forgiveness and then ask for healing, you know, cause I still had a lot of that bitterness and a lot of that anger inside of me. And, um, it took me a long time to get past it. Woodlawn in Lowell is where I went. And I'm so thankful for that church because I really feel like God, um, used those people there to help me probably help me more than I helped them. Hmm. Um, but wow. it was just a good time there. Really sweet. So was there ever a moment you said that you're questioning God about why are you doing it this way? But was there ever a moment where you questioned God to say, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing? No, I, oddly enough, I don't think so. Now, okay. I was um, I was so hurt, I think, in ministry there, and I was so tired of serving there that I would have taken anything job-wise. It wouldn't have mattered what it was. I mean, ministry, not ministry. So regardless of how horrible it was, you you still knew that, I still, I'm still called to 
serve the Lord, that this is what I'm supposed yeah. to do. Yep, maybe not this current situation or this place, but yes, Lord, you open another door or you open another place. And yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Like I, I never questioned. I never really even thought about that, Rob. Till you just said, I've never. I don't think I ever really questioned my call. Um, I loved working in ministry. I love. I love the church. I love students. I, I looked for. Um, in that time, I was looking for uh, maybe working as, as a chaplain in, in the army. That that kind of opened up a little bit. Maybe doing some college ministry. I was actually talking with uh, some other uh, campus pastors to work, at, and, and those those didn't work out. And and God chose to keep me in student ministry. But I never I never really questioned my call to to serve in the church. So. It's ironic or funny, not funny, but I'll say ironic that. I can relate so much to what you just said. I mean, almost to to a T. Hmm. So that's interesting. Hmm. That's good. It took me a little bit longer than two years to heal a little bit, but I would say two years was the beginning. I, I wouldn't say yeah. after two years I was healed up and ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. I understand that, and at least being in where you are now and being in Florida. You don't see some of those people, so true. it doesn't conjure up all those emotions. Yeah. So being here where I'm currently, being within a 10-mile radius of where I was, yeah. still seeing some of those people like out in public, like you'd see those that you absolutely loved, didn't have a problem with, but then you'd see those that you knew and it was like, mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, but... So if you if you had a time machine, you could go back day one of Ed starting at that church. What would you tell young Ed then? Day one, starting there. Run. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think I would tell him to leave because yeah. I like yeah. looking back at that man. I, I did a lot of things wrong, a whole okay. lot of things wrong. Um, but I think God really grew me a lot. Um, I, I don't. I regret the way I responded. I don't regret mm-hmm. that it happened. You know. Okay. Um, and uh, so I think probably telling young Ed back then, um, you know, just, man, th- things are going to get hard, yeah. uh, but God's good. Mm. He knows what he's doing. Mm. He's good. Um, and instead of turning to yourself and getting angry and bitter, um, use this as an opportunity just to see God for who he is. And um but I don't think I'd have told him to run, you know. Okay. And I know you were just teasing. I know right. you were. Yes. Um, now, if you'd asked me that, yeah, right, right after, yeah. I'd have said, <laughs> yeah. "Tell him to get out of there, man." Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's maturity and growth that comes with that. Wisdom comes with that. But I guess trying to transition from that to this, your daughters are both in your youth ministry right yep. now. Yep. How yep. has that been? As time has come, as they have entered now into your student ministry, how has that been? Because you've got two girls. Yeah. One is should be seventeen. Seventeen on Sunday, and yeah. the other fifteen. Fifteen. So, how has that yeah. transition been? Um, you know, I was. They were excited moving up into student ministry. Yeah. I was excited. I was a little nervous because I, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. Um, but I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. I ha- I feel like. Um, I feel like I'm probably more in tune with with teenagers right now than I've ever been. Mm. Um, even though there are days I feel like I have no clue what I'm doing, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but uh, uh, just kind of like it's one thing to be around teenagers a couple times a week; it's another thing to live with them. Oh wow, yeah. And uh, 
And so I, I feel like I'm on some levels I'm more connected. Uh, but I will tell you this: as a parent, it's hard. Um, you've got to withdraw yourself sometimes from from some of that drama that that works out. And wow, yeah, you know, and and look at try to look at all the teenagers the same, even if some of them are your your own kids. Um, you know, try not to favor some, and, and they're my kids. I'm gonna, they're gonna be my favorite always, sure. and I'm not ever gonna make a, yeah. you know, sure. Um, you shouldn't apologize apologies for that. For that. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, there's a, a passage in Proverbs that says that he who speaks before he he knows the full matter is foolish. Mm. And so I think when it comes to your own kids, it's so easy to do that. You know, you hear what they're saying about things, and then you've made a determination in your right. in your mind. Um, so it's been it's been so good because I've been it helps plug me into teenagers and kind of what they're dealing with and thinking about and um, you know I know more about Instagram and Snapchat than I ever wanted to know um, you know so that it's good but it does come with some challenges yeah. you know that that uh, um, you feel like you're so immersed you have to kind of pull yourself back sometimes yeah and and kind of look at it from above instead of within. I don't know if that even answers your question at all. No, it does. I mean, um, that's a question I've always wanted to ask somebody, but I've never been close enough to ask that's experienced that. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, it's good. I, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. It's going to be weird when they're not there. Like oh, my 17-year-old, wow, yeah. she's going to be out of student ministry next year. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, two years. I don't know. But that's um, going to be strange with them not being in there, with yeah. her not being in there. Because um, I've loved it. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely loved it. Uh you know, and and you relate to other kids on a different level too. Yeah. You know, like some of the kids in our student ministry, man, they're at my house all weekend. Yeah. Um, just hanging out with my girls and stuff, and so that's pretty neat too. So, that's a good thing, because your daughter's friends actually get to see you. That's true. A- yeah. A- yeah. Outside of being <laughs> yeah. just just your youth pastor. It's that's true. Right. You yeah. know. Yeah. Now, now they get to see you in a different light, even though they probably still think of you as you know. Yeah, that's as youth pastor now. They at least they get to see me as dad, maybe, yeah. and I guess that can have pros and cons, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. That that's that's going to be really interesting because like, you know I was telling you this well, a couple couple weeks ago at the game talking about how Gracie, my daughter's moving into youth this coming yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're going to start hearing about this person said this and and what these people are doing that that maybe you didn't know about Stuff before you were naive and, too, and yeah. yeah. Like I, I started hearing all that stuff, and some of it's good, and some of it's bad, and you know, uh, you, huh. but you become aware of of more things that that maybe you didn't. I've never thought about yeah. it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think the moment it dawned on us uh, over spring break, we we're on vacation, and we we're sitting there talking about something, and I was just like, my wife was asking me because you know me and Kyle and Dustin, we we do a winter retreat together for the last what. Four or five years, yeah. something like that. Well, not this past year, obviously. So she's like, "Are we going to do a winter retreat again this year?" For not, I said, "I don't know." I said, "We'll just have to wait and see what what everything does." I said, "May we do a fall retreat?" I said, "I don't know." And Gracie goes, "You have to do a winter retreat." I'm like, "Why do we have to? That'll be my first one I'm at." I'm <laughs> like, "You've been to winter retreats before? No, how's a youth?" That's right. Oh, like I mean, it was it was just that moment. I mean, I was like. Oh wow! Okay, it's about ready to hit. That's it's, a lot different. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm. Yes. So mm. that was 
A good word of advice there. You know, it's funny, and we were talking about teaching earlier, teaching style and that kind of stuff. It's even changed my teaching style a little bit. Because, How? Well, because when you, like as, as a youth pastor, when you're teaching, rarely do you have a student, um, or at least for me, rarely have I had a student uh, who feels comfortable enough uh, to really tell me how they feel about my teaching, <laughs> but my kids will, man. They don't hesitate, you know. And uh, yeah. and so, like, I, I've become a lot more um, interactive in mm. teaching. You know, a lot more discussion and and letting you know that kind of stuff, and because mm. uh, that's pretty effective. And and I, f- I find that my kids relate to that a little bit better than hearing dad yeah. stand up and talk for. I've never talked for twenty minutes, um, but you know they re- yeah. they connect with that a little bit more. So. So have you been able to set boundaries so that now that they're in your youth, you're not constantly always talking about things at church or things in youth? And speak to that not just from your kids, but with your wife. Like your wife has a full-time job. Yeah. Both of yeah. our wives have full-time job. But I think those those lines blur very too often. I yeah. mean, yeah. and. So speak on that from your daughter's standpoint, but also with your wife. So, so let me make sure, like as far as like when I'm when I'm at home talking about church stuff with my kids all the time. So, yeah, is that like what, either, either at home or like if you're all going vacation, if you go away for a weekend, whatever, just so that you're not constantly always talking about. Yeah, yeah. especially like yeah. you said with teenagers being over at your house. Yeah, no, when when they're when they're kids at the house, you know. Um, See, I've, man, y'all are asking me stuff I've never thought about. I've never really thought about that either. But we, I don't. I think I do talk with, about church stuff with my kids, but it's not all the time because they're telling me about their friends and yeah, yeah. things that happen to them. And and you know, my my daughter just got a job, uh, not just got a job several months ago, and um, so that's another topic of conversation uh, that we talk about. And so I have had to. Um, I think one of the things I've had to guard against. And, and this sounds really prideful, man, because my kids aren't tools. I know yeah, that. Yeah. But one of the things I've had to guard against is using my kids to get other kids into student ministry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Why don't you ask them to come? Why don't you right. text them and ask, you know, I've, I've had to consciously right. say, hmm. my kids aren't here for that. That's not what they're my kids for, uh, to get other people in our student ministry. So I have had to be careful about that, um, you know. Um, and so I, I try not to use them as recruiting agents for woodlawn you know um but uh yeah i i don't i try not to oversaturate our conversation i've never really i don't know that i've done that consciously yeah. i have with my wife now because yeah. i know that there are times when i talk about it too much and she's even told me you know can we not talk about church yeah, stuff yeah. and and so maybe that's why i haven't struggled with it as much with my kids because my wife's helped me work through that with her yeah. you know hmm. um, because when we're around it all day man i mean that's what it's oh, what yeah. we deal with, and that's what's right. on our mind. I know um, early on when we were the, the first church I was in, we were in Charlotte, and uh, um, I didn't find out until about a year later, but my wife got to the point. She said, Ed, I really thought about leaving you hmm. because mm-hmm. all I did was work, and when I wasn't working, I was thinking about or talking about work. Yeah. Um, and I really had to struggle with that. You know, That was a big struggle for me, um, overworking or the pressure that I put on myself to – to just always be doing something yeah. uh, work-related. Um, so that's a big lesson I've yeah. had to learn, and, and I've kind of backed off, I feel mm-hmm. like. And I think it's one of those things, too. It's like 
most of the time, I don't know about for you guys, but most of the time, the people that I hang outside, hang out with outside of church are church people. That's right. Yeah. Right. And those lines blur to the point of, again, we're just talking nothing but church. And you're right. I think, I think my wife is getting to the point, and if she's listening to this, she knows that and she's told me that, but it's just like how to manage that, how to, how to, how to work on that and how to talk about other things. Like, because she has a life outside of work, she has a job, but so many times like her job is serving and to a point, I got to protect her heart more than yeah. I've got to protect the heart mm-hmm. of the church. Yeah. So, yeah. But with kids, like it's something that I'm trying to prepare myself with now. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I don't know that you can ever prepare yourself. You no. can try to prepare yourself right. all you want, right. but it's yeah. Like the more you prepare, the more the Lord's going to be like, "All right, Kyle. Nope, I'm going to do this for you, so it's going to go this way." Yeah, because I mean, because all kids are different. You know, right. they're, they're all different. You know, uh, one of the big struggles. Um, with having kids in student ministry for me has been, what do I do when my kids don't want to go to church? Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Uh, when they don't want to go. And I have resigned myself as long as it doesn't become a habit. If there's sometimes they don't want to go, I'll make them go because they're at church all the time. And uh, you're making me think of stuff I've never yeah. thought yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, that one's <laughs> and like, like, thankfully, you know, and, and I know she'll probably hear this later, but I know Gracie likes being at church. You know, like even on remote Wednesday, she likes to come to church and do her schoolwork here. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's a huge possibility that you get to that point when you yeah. face that. You know, like, I didn't have I didn't have a choice. Like, right. Yeah. You know, doors were open, and when your parents were the custodians of the church, you were at yeah. church yeah. 24-7. That's I, right. We didn't have a point. But I don't, I don't want to be that parent to Gracie. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I might be wrong. Like, I didn't grow up with parents that were working in the church like you did. Um, you know, my parents were at church all the time, but I think that's different than having a pastor as a parent who's literally at church all the time. Yeah, and so I think yeah. oh, that's you know, so there are times if you don't want to go, I'm not going to make you go because you're here more than most of the people are anyway. Yeah, and uh, but you got, I, I, I feel like I got to balance that. I mean, I don't want it to, you know to become a habit either. So we don't, we don't let them just say, I don't want to go to church and they never have to go. But right. Yes. Yeah. I understand that completely, which you saying all that popped this other question in my head. We're, we're just like drilling you all these questions. I'm you're okay. over there like, I mean, I thought you were asking me like, you know, what's your favorite Bible verse, you know, that <laughs> no. kind of stuff, man. No, we get deep. We'll, in we'll, here. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> we get deep. But no. So having your daughters come through your, your student ministry right now, how have you deciphered or, or set aside that put, made a difference between dad, your pastor, and a youth pastor? Like, where have you set those boundaries? Especially when you're trying to disciple other teenagers, but right. you're also trying to disciple your own daughters. Yeah. Well, I know, like, when, when I'm at church, uh, and we're with other teenagers. I, I try not to talk to my kids any differently than I would talk to anybody else. Because I, I don't – but they are going to be my kids. If they're doing something dumb, I'm going to call them out <laughs> on it, you know. Um, just like if another kid is. Um, yeah. But it might feel a little bit different to them because I am their dad. Um, so I don't really fully know how to answer that question. <laughs> I know. That, that was a very loaded question. Sorry. I yeah. mean, it's um, – have you ever had to call your daughters out? And they got embarrassed by you. Oh. And they like you. They were mad at you when they got home. Like for sure. 
Why'd you do that? Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll have, I have, I've got one, one of my kids likes to talk, you know? And so when we're, which is weird because she's really introverted. Um, but when she's with her friends, she yeah. talks. And so we're, we're up there having a lesson or teaching or talking about something. And she's over here cutting up with a friend and I'll tell her to stop. And I remember one of the first times that happened, we got home and she said, why'd you do that? She was talking to what, you know, and just got, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, one thing that I've always appreciated from you is I think you're really good at cultivating leaders and cultivating leadership around you. Like you're, you're bringing up, you were talking to us about that earlier. Like you've brought up kids from high school who are now serving in student ministry, but you've also done a great job with that with adults. And like my stepdad has been one of them. So as far as cultivating leaders, like how do you, how do you go about that? Like, who do you look for? Or is it just like who you feel comfortable with? Like, how does that go for you? Um, Especially those yeah. that are graduating high school have kind of stepped away from student ministry. Maybe don't want to leave, but maybe yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got some that have you know early twenties that that came up through the ministry, yeah. and they they've stuck around, and we just when they hang around. Um, I think if they, I don't mind if they hang around, we got to give them something to do. I mean, they're not just going to hang around. So we give some leadership to um, some people and uh, some of those different uh, 20-somethings that that are still there. And we've only got a few, um, but they do a good job. I'm I'm really proud of them. Uh, And I think that, um, let me gather my thoughts here. I, I, you know, I think, you know, finding things for them to do, things that they're that they're, that they're kind of naturally drawn to yeah. anyway. Um, you know, when we're looking for other leaders, uh, I, you know, I think it starts with a relationship. You start by, I don't know that I've, I don't ask a lot of people to serve in, in ministry that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, even, um, even when probably the only times I've done that are when maybe another pastor uh, or on staff or, 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 you know, another pastor on staff will say, Hey, give this person the, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a call or whatever. Um, but even then, I try to get to know them some um, because I think that's super important. It's just building a relationship with them, getting to know them, so that so that they're not just a leader. You know, there's there's a relationship between the two of you. Yeah. So it's not you're not just here to serve me and my ministry. It's good. We're doing this yep. together, and so um, and I think one of the things I've I've learned over the years, I don't do it as well as I should. I know that. Um, is just just constantly thanking them and, and yeah yeah um, you know like this past weekend um, I, you know it takes things like this weekend to help me remember there's no way I could do any of this myself for sure and uh, I absolutely need other people to do it and so just constantly thanking them and and telling them that we appreciate them and, and recognizing their call to ministry as well you know yeah. I mean we're the ones getting paid right, but they're right. still doing it because they feel. A call and you know in the ministry so in hmm. serving in that capacity and i'm telling you man and i'm sure you guys know this parents are an invaluable resource yeah yeah because they're so much more invested in their kids than i'll ever be mm-hmm. yeah. and uh we got some parents right now that are serving in our student ministry that dude they're fireballs because because they love their kids and they're involved in their kids lives and so it's it's really cool that's awesome i like that yeah that's really good I can't think of anything else. Okay, what, so what's your favorite Bible verse? I, you know, I thought about that on every day. That's really funny. I think about that. Um, about, about five years ago, man, God put one on my heart, and it's been there ever since. It's Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 5, verses 14 and 15, um, where Paul says that I am convinced, uh, I have come to this conclusion that since 
Christ died. Um, you know, he died for me, died for all of us, that now we're no longer to live our lives for ourselves, but for him who died and mm-hmm. rose again. And uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful verse. I think he's, he's convinced, and because he's convinced in his mind, uh, he fleshes it out in his life. And um, I think that answers, to me, that verse answers all the questions about obedience I could ever ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obedience is solely based on um, our gratitude and what Christ has done for mm-hmm. us. And it's just, I love it. It's beautiful. It's verse. Yeah. So you want to throw him in the hot seat? I got a Have I not been in the hot seat? No, 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 not yet. <laughs> this is going to be rapid fire hot seat. Oh, goodness. All yeah. right. So are you a summer or winter guy? Ah, uh, um, I would say I would say winter until yeah. this winter. I think I'm a summer guy now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This this winter was, was just so one. long, man. Yes, one. it was. What would be your last meal on earth <laughs> if you could choose it? Uh, it'd probably have to be something with some steak. Okay. Uh, okay. Can can I like everything detail? Okay, steak from I forget the name of the place. It's down on uh, 150. It's this really nice steakhouse on 150. Oh, I don't know. Uh, my parents took me there. Prime rib. Yeah, I love prime rib. Brussels sprouts, some some. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking some, about. Uh, you lost me now. Cooked or baked Brussels sprouts with a little bit of balsamic vinegar mm. on. Yes, sir. Mm. Dessert. It. I'm not a really big dessert guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Drink. Uh, coffee and water. <laughs> okay. That's about what I drink. He's on the right podcast. I, I did. I did drink some uh, sweet tea from Chick Fil A. Uh, yeah, you you, you fit well on here today. Yeah. That's you know. All right. What's the last thing you read? Not a text message or something. The last thing I finished reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the last? Oh, my goodness. Don't um, say the Bible. <laughs> First Peter? <laughs> no. Um, uh, what's the last book I read? I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a couple, right? Oh, uh, Lead by Paul Tripp. I just got done with that one uh, a couple yep. months ago. All I've right. been wanting that to get that one. It's a, it's a really good book. Mm. I love I love Paul Tripp. Yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. book. I think that was the last one I read. What? What's the last thing bucket list worthy that you did? Oh my goodness, man. Last bucket list worthy. Yeah. Something that you always wanted to do and you finally did it. I'm boring. No. Came on caffeinated living. <laughs> this is it, man. This is absolutely this is it. This is it. Uh oh my gosh, I don't even know. Or how about something that you want to do? Something that I would like to do. I, I would love to um, just take a uh, a vacation with my wife. Mm. Um, her and I go. We've always wanted to go over and like to see Scotland. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, speaking of, so how long you have you and your wife... got me a trip? What? He's <laughs> <laughs> so, a travel agent. How, how long have you and your wife been married? Uh, it'll be 20 years in January. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So I mean that's that's worthy of a Scotland trip, wouldn't you think? For sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. It's time to pony up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite ice cream? Chocolate. Just wow. straight chocolate. Straight chocolate. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I told you I'm a pretty boring guy. Yeah. Favorite person from the Bible? Um, oh man. You know, I would probably say Moses. Okay. And there's a specific reason because when you read through the Old Testament and the books where you're reading about Moses, man, he's constantly, when he doesn't know what to do, which is a lot, he asks God. And I love that. I absolutely love that. That's like where he goes. His go-to is, I don't know what to do, I'm going to ask God. Well, um, and like it doesn't that. say he's praying. Yeah. It just says, and Moses 
when he was it's first time I've ever asked that question somebody said Moses it's good I love that man I absolutely when I read that I get so inspired reading that I wish that was like that hmm. what's the Amen. farthest distance you've ever run in what amount of, so it doesn't matter last year um, in one one time at one time yeah 15 miles I think um, last year we did an event and it, we spread it out over a couple of days I ran 44 miles in I guess a day and a half. Wow. But at one time, it's 15. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That, no, that's not awesome. No, I mean, like, that's I, not I awesome. couldn't do it, but I'm just thinking that that's amazing. People like that need help. <laughs> like a little sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he doesn't listen to this podcast. That'd be awesome. You call him out on there. But he didn't start that. He hasn't started doing that till here recently. Yeah. So he's only been within the last couple of years, maybe, that he's kind of picked all that up awesome and he hangs around with guys that they're they're pretty quick man they they put a lot of miles in and and they're pretty fast too doesn't he yeah i mean we we have one of our parents i told you he's like triathlon like he goes and does all these hardcore things over a weekend and i'm like man that's just not worth it yeah Uh, that's not worth it i couldn't i don't know god didn't call me to do all that now yeah so okay so we were talking beforehand Unfortunately, we found out your one of your deepest, darkest secrets that, that you are a Duke fan. Yes, yes. So we, we, we can't do anything about that one. So, top five Duke players. Who would be your top five all-time Duke team? They have five good players? <laughs> I think they got seven. <laughs> so, all right. So I can only think of one that I would count as one of the greatest I bet all five are going to be on my most disliked probably I, mean, I don't know so the first one the guy who really got me pulling for Duke and I don't really remember a whole lot about him playing I watched him when I was a kid Johnny Dawkins yeah okay um, I can respect in. Johnny Dawkins yeah um, I, I'll give you Johnny yeah so I know that you you're probably a huge fan of Christian Leitner oh yeah I loved watching Leitner play he he drove me crazy man because there's two more that I can't say besides Leitner I, I wouldn't act like Leitner acted but I loved watching him play ball uh, so, so Dawkins and Leitner, uh, I would say uh, Grant Hill. Okay. I love, man, he, that dude was Probably the phenomenal. greatest Dookie of all time. Yeah, in Grant my Hill opinion. was that, awesome. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, Shire. He, he wasn't their best. Oh, wow. Okay. He wasn't their best athlete, but um, I, I loved his energy. He yeah. was so good. He's um, a good coach. And uh, I always forget this guy's name, man. I always forget his name, but I, I don't I don't forget what he looked like. He was a tall, skinny, white dude, kind of, kind of goofy. Um, was it Ryan Kelly? No, Ryan Zubek. I, I'd know it if I can't remember the guy's name. But anyway, he was one of my Kyle favorites. Singler. Since I can't remember his name, I'll, I'll go tall, on to him. Tall, skinny, all white guys. All tall, skinny, white guys. <laughs> so I would say probably one of my other favorites um, would would have to be again not great, not the greatest talent wise, but Wojo. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> This is a different era for me. I, I don't remember uh-huh. him. All right. So your least top five Carolina players, because um, they have to be in there. You, you can't you can't be a true Duke fan and not have your least five Carolina players that you just absolutely. So how many times can I say Tyler Hansbrough? I was about to say that every Duke player's <laughs> least favorite guy. He he was like he, he was like do you I don't know if you baseball are you a baseball fan yes Mets and yeah, uh, he's you a remember, Mets fan I remember John it. Rocker how he was the guy who was you know the Braves yep. guy who just all the Mets hated that's kind of like Tyler Hansbro um 
He never lost in Cameron. So Hansbro, uh, let's see. See, I don't even know all these guys' names, man. I just <laughs> yeah. I, they're not even worth learning, you know. Um, it's okay if you can't. You can say yeah. Hansbro five times. Yeah, yeah. you can so say. Let's go with that one. Okay, that's all the questions I've got. Oh, what would you be doing if you weren't in ministry? What would I be doing if I weren't in ministry? Uh, School wasn't an option. You could just do anything. All right, so. You know, I wanted to go into uh, drafting architecture. I love oh, doing wow. that, and I was, I was. I mean, that's something that was. There weren't a whole lot of things in school I was good at. Again, not because I was dumb, just because I didn't like doing school and yeah. I didn't put the time into it. But drafting and architecture were two things I was good at because I just really enjoyed them. So, um, and then working with wood. Mm. Yeah. All right. Ironically, I don't work with wood at all right now, but I used to love it. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. I'm going to start asking our guests this. All right. We may know him. We may not know him. We, it, may, it may be a female. Who should sit in your seat next? Somebody that we should bring on and why? Oh, man. That's a great question. Yeah. All right. So you might know him. You might not know him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, don't be you know, like Matt Chandler. That, that's just we, we have to be realistic here. Yeah. That's, you know. Uh, I know it's a tough one. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think of who. What like for student ministry? Anything, anything, anything. Because I think one we thing love that perspectives. I think Colin and I, yes, we're youth pastors, but we classify ourselves as pastors too. Sure, yeah. You know, because God has called us to the ministry, not just you know, may we serve in this particular area, but we're still pastors. It's yeah. not just yeah. Um. Is it somebody who realistically could sit here? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Somebody that could, who should take your seat next? Because you, you couldn't call this guy and get him down here. Um, we could Zoom him. You could. You could. So so I'm, I'm in school doing biblical counseling. Okay. And uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm close to being done. Should have been done a long time ago. <laughs> uh, life gets in the way, man. Yeah. You know. Uh, but uh, one of my professors there uh, who has been just a, a profound, ha- had just had a big impact on my life. His name is Bob Kelvin. Mm. And, uh, um, you know, well, I think he'd be good. All right. Probably. Um, All right. It's cool. I, it's a completely different. No, we yeah. want different. Different like direction different. of ministry, I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And that would be different for this. You know, mm-hmm. that'd be completely different for this. So. Maybe how uh, biblical counseling impacts student ministry, and it does major, major. Yeah. yeah. So what what specifically led you to biblical counseling? Well, so I went to um, one one of your old. I think Josh was actually your your student pastor, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so when I first got to Woodlawn, uh, I hadn't been there long, and I met Josh. I don't remember how I met him, but I met Josh and. Um, he was talking about biblical counseling, and he would go up to this uh, uh, conference up in Indiana. And so he was talking about it. I thought, that sounds pretty good. I like counseling. I like talking to people. And so we went up there, and uh, the way they use Scripture, just the, the practicality yeah. of Scripture. And I know that the Bible is, is more than just, you know, a how-to. Um, but the way they were taking the principles of Scripture, uh, the, the character of God, the 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 imperatives of scripture that are based off of the indicatives of scripture and how all of that can be played out in our lives dude i was floored wow. when i went and heard them talk about that and you know scripture's always been like i've always i don't want to say always when i was 
um, 17 years old, I guess, God really um, gave me a love for the Bible. And I won't have time to talk about all those circumstances, but there were some specific reasons why uh, or that led me there. Um, you know, so I've always had a pretty high view of Scripture, at least since I was, you know, 16 or 17. Um, but that they presented it to me in a completely different way. Mm. And I think for the the first time I could see how Scripture really could, really could, if I, if I was competent enough with it, how Scripture really could make a difference in somebody's life mm. other than just Jesus is here to save you. Right. That kind right. of, you know, but... Um, and, and it's full of stuff that, that really can make an incredible difference in people's lives. So, so okay. I was going to let you go on that one, but then, then you started saying all that. So it, oh. it, it led me down this other thought real quick. So how does that change how you're doing student ministry? It's changed a lot. It really has. It changes a lot how I, how I present Scripture um, because uh, to, to take it from a from – more of a theoretical, you know, this is what the Bible says and this is theology and we need to know all this stuff to um, here's why we need to know this stuff. And here's what here's what a proper view of yourself, a proper view of God, a proper understanding of the law and of the gospel, how all those things will radically change who you are. Um you know, and so in my, it's reflected a lot in my teaching. I, I try to, I've, I'd say over the past probably five years, my teachings become a whole lot more interactive, um, because I think kids learn a lot better that way. But I try to ask questions to really get them to think about, hey, this is what it says. Okay, so now what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how does that? What's that? What difference is that going to make in my yeah. life? Um, and so, it, it's good. I like it. That's good. Well. I'm out of questions. This is a good episode, man. I think it's it the best interview episode we've had. Thank you for your time. We yeah, appreciate man, it greatly, man. Absolutely. That's a lot of nuggets of wisdom you threw Ed's off a there. Podcaster he needs to start his own. <laughs> the Ed Braswell podcast. Oh yeah, yeah like the Joe Rogan experience. experience. The <laughs> Ed Braswell. Experience. I have to learn. I have to learn a new vocabulary to do the Joe Rogan experience. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe true, maybe true. But no. So, Ed, thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I have no updates other than we have one more week of kickball left, Boom. which Ed has been a part of that. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. He's been a part of that. So we have our tournament next this coming week, which Ed has bolted into first place. Wow. Our, our kid, man, all the sports are ending. That's what's happening. That's... Sports are ending, and so our kids are coming I would, out. I don't think I would know a single – kid on your team anymore. probably probably not. you might but i might know not know it yeah. yeah like you probably saw them when they were yeah yeah wow he's got some young ones out there hmm. we do we've got we've got a pretty decent blend of high school and middle school right now it's good i'd say more high school and from what you've had at kickball just going from observation if it's a testament to what you what you have at your church I can relate to you in so many levels that you have so many females compared to your males. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that when you see a male yes. come in the building, you're like, yes. What's he doing? Is he lost? What's he here for? 
<laughs> Listen, dude, I had this thought on the way here because somebody else was asking me, like, how do you get males to come to youth group? And I'm thinking, listen, if you have a, a male problem in youth group, they're thinking about it in the wrong way. What an opportunity. Like, if they're the only boy there, come on, man. Like, no. you've got open season. Just you have so many opportunities. But I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. Yeah, that, that wouldn't work with my group, though. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that wouldn't work with my group. Because they're all related. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't live in that state. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you joining in and listening with us again today. So, until next time. Keep it caffeinated, friends. <laughs>